millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is a CC Radio podcast. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like the feeling, I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling, like you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get is a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. You are listening to Believe, Paranormal and UFO Radio. My name is Cade Moyer and thanks for tuning in. If you've had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. If you enjoy this episode, there are a few things you can do to help the show. Firstly, you can go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review, or you can share the show around social media with your friends and family, and that would help us grow. Tonight, I'm joined by Sarah, and Sarah grew up in a haunted house. Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi, Kate. Thanks for having me. It is great to have you on. Your house is haunted af it's the only way that i can really say it because we were we were having a little chat before we got on the air here and i said just give me a super brief rundown and uh it is so so scary so uh are you able to go back to the start tell us how you got into into this haunted house and how long were you in there for yeah cool so the house is my parents home and they're still currently residing there as we speak so um, for reference, I'm 31 years old and I moved out of there as quickly as I could when I was 17. But the house itself was built in 1970. It's only from what I've, I've tried to sort of dig up the history of it to try and figure out what's going on. But the area itself is just a mess of horrible things. So for any of the listeners out there that are aware of the reputation of Maitland Jail and how haunted that is, this house is located about 15 minutes from there. The, the land that it's on is used to be convict area where they used to have public executions, surrounded by old cemeteries that's no longer used, and then an Aboriginal sacred site. So the whole area of this house, let alone the house itself, has a mess of things going on with it. That's crazy. That's a lot of bad juju around there. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> because of all that bad energy, you think that's the reason that this house may be haunted? I'm not sure. Um The area itself just has, I don't know, a feel to it. But with the experiences that I've had growing up in this house and discussions that I've had with my older brother who grew up in there with me, I almost feel 
a little bit like maybe whatever's in it is something more recent, possibly from the previous owner. That's why I've sort of started recently really trying to dig into is that person alive and what could have possibly gone on, which I'll get into a bit later. But yeah, I, I sort of think that even if this, the energy of the area is drawn something in, I still think it's maybe something a bit more recent. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's interesting because I did have some, some questions to kind of ask you even before we got off the bat is because one thing that I, I get with a lot of people when it comes to a haunted house is that it's usually only one person's perspective. And by the sounds of it, it, Sound like it happened to your whole family. Is that safe to assume? Yeah. So I've definitely copped the brunt of it more than anyone in the house. But everyone who's lived in the house seems to have certain experiences, even if there's something small, especially it's kind of funny. So when I was growing up, my mother, when I'd try and tell her these things, she'd be like, ghosts aren't real, ghosts aren't real. You know, in her religious beliefs, they just didn't fit into the scheme of it. But we've recently been having it's almost like she's finally having these conversations with me now that it's just her and my father alone in the house where she's like oh now I hear at night like someone walking up and down the stairs or I hear someone shutting the doors you know through the house and I'm like "Hmm, well that's strange for someone that says there's no ghosts and then she's had experiences too where when I was a kid she's like were you in the kitchen last night? And I'm like, no, of course, like I didn't get up in the night. And she's like, oh, well, that's strange because, you know, there was a woman in the kitchen. So I'm like, well, oh wow, yeah, you're telling me one thing, but, you know, so I don't know if that was maybe her coping mechanism or trying to comfort a child, you know, ghosts aren't real. So everyone sort of had their own experiences in some ways. That's interesting because that really just opens up Pandora's box of questions because it's kind of like, well, what did your mum think it was then? Because if she's not believing that these are ghosts or, or spirits or anything like that, does she think that's someone breaking in the house? Or is she just like <laughs> writing it off to, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, well, she was always pretty casual about it. But I think, yeah, in her, her recent years now, I think she's in her own way sort of admitting that, okay, yeah, something's going on. Like, you know, she's yeah hearing doors shut and slam and she's finally starting to talk about it. Whereas my dad, on the other hand, has always been the kind of guy that's just like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. He's just, my whole family seems haunted. He's always had experience <laughs> where he grew up. And so he's just like, oh, well, it's just another ghost, whatever. Wow. That's <laughs> that's not something that normally happens where a family's just like, yeah, it's another haunted house. We'll just deal with it. This is, <laughs> this is the start to one of those movies that you see on Netflix or something like that, where the whole family just turns out to be terrorized by this house forever. So, oh my god, yep. <laughs> and, uh, from what you told me earlier, I think this may be the case. So, are you able to tell us about some of the encounters that you had in this house? Yeah, totally. So, pretty much experiences have been going on as long as I can remember. Um, so, starting from when I was a child, especially like. I was terrified at night, especially of my room. Even in the day, I was just really, really scared to go in there. I used to do things when I was really little, like, say, if I needed something from my bedroom, I was too scared to go in there by myself. So I'd, like, say, try and trick my brother in a really stupid way and be like, oh, come look at this thing in my bedroom while I'd grab it out because I was just that terrified of being alone in the house by myself. So to give everyone a bit of a layout of the house, it's a two-story house and... Everyone resides in the top level. That's where all the bedrooms are and everything like that. But then in the bottom level, there's the garage. From the garage, you've got this weird little room off to the left that is where I think most of this energy is residing. 
it's a little tiny room where for some reason the floor is sort of you go up a few steps and then it's all just dirt which you know perfect place to hide some bodies and then there's another bedroom off it that no one ever really used a big rumpus room and then you go up to the top stairs where everyone was so i used to have just weird shit happen all the time excuse my language so <laughs> might need to beep that out um things like when i was a kid I'd be laying there at night, terrified of sleeping, and you I'd swear I'd see my toys move at the bottom of my bed. Oh, really? I used to have one of those, you know, those horrible little Furby dolls. And could have just been a glitch, but sometimes it'd just start talking in the middle of the night. And you'd just sort of, like, try and ignore it. Or you'd hear things moving around in the room, like there was a person in there. A few times I'd look down the hallway and I'd swear I'd always see this older man just standing in the hallway staring at me and you'd just, you know cover your head, try and ignore it, tell you yourself that you're making it up. But I think the worst of it really started from my memory was when my sister went to Europe for a trip and she got a, she brought me back a puppet from the Czech Republic, which was this creepy little witch doll. Like of anything she could bring me back, let alone, you know, a seven-year-old child, she picked the creepiest little handmade witch doll. And so I used to have this four-post bed and for some reason, don't know why, I hung it up on the end of the post. So I'd wake up in the night and or before I even went to sleep and you'd hear it banging and tapping against the post of the bed. You know, fair enough. Could have been me moving around that was just causing it to sway, even though I'd be dead still and absolutely terrified. So I got to the point where I decided to move it into my cupboard because I just couldn't deal with it at night with everything else going on. And then the worst part was that I would then hear at night like claws scratching from inside the cupboard from where the witch was. Oh, so, you're kidding. <laughs> that's the point where I was just like, you know, screw this, witch is going in a completely different room. And I, for some reason, still haven't chucked or given that thing away for some weird reason. But just things like that is where it really started and where it really started to sort of amp up when I was a kid. That's crazy. At seven years old, that would have been absolutely terrifying. Oh, it really was. It, it got to the point where I started trying to figure out ways as I got older to try and deal with all of this because, you know, it was just so constant and so persistent that I'd do things like walk into my bedroom at night and leave the lights off on purpose and, like, say, count to 10 before I let myself turn the lights on just to try and force myself to sort of deal with it and go, look, nothing's going to happen, nothing's going to happen. But, you know, then, of course, things do happen and you just try and tell yourself, you know, somehow you've made it up or whatever. But then other people start having experiences and you're like, okay, well, now we're all sort of experiencing things, you know. I can't really ignore it anymore. So when you were having these experiences at seven years old, was your brother also having experiences at the same time? Well, that's a pretty interesting conversation. So for some weird reason... We never really spoke about it growing up, and I don't know if that's because I was so afraid I didn't want to really feed it in a sense, but we sat down about six years ago and we had a conversation that I don't know how it started, but it really became alarming that something was going on. So he was in about two bedrooms down from me, and then my parents were in a bedroom way off on the other side of the house. And I didn't realize that he was saying, don't you remember when I was a kid that, you know, mum used to have to try and like tell me it was okay every night because it turns out he was terrified of going to sleep. And he's not 
from what I remember, he wasn't a sort of fearful or nervous child. He was, you know, a typical boy. And she'd have to, like, give him his teddy bear and be like, you know, it's all right, you know, you've got teddy with you, he'll protect you, whatever. And supposedly every night he was absolutely terrified of going to sleep. And we realised that, so in that room that I mentioned in the bottom of the house, I always had these dreams that I never really thought too much about until I had this conversation. And I'd always have these strange dreams where there was two girls trapped in this in this room of this house and I never really understood why and they were just sort of present. Nothing really happened in the dreams. I was just sort of aware of them. But it turns out that he, his whole life, has had these repetitive dreams himself where across like a couple of streets over from our house there's this um this open park area which is where a lot of the convicts and everything sort of was going on and he was having these dreams about these two girls that were the same age and similar looking to the girls in my dreams and he said in his dreams every time he's trying to save them from something bad from happening but he can never save them so when we sat down and had that conversation going, oh my God, I think we've both been having our entire lives these dreams about these same girls. Like, it's pretty weird. That's creepy. Yeah, so creepy. So you're seven years old. You're having these these encounters in the house. Your brother seems to be having encounters as well. So you stayed in this house for, what, another 10 years? Yeah. As soon as I was sort of, I could move out, I was like, I'm moving as far away as humanly possible as I can. Yeah, I, <laughs> but, I, honestly, I don't blame you by the sounds of everything that's going on. So what what happened after that? Did the did the encounters get worse as you got older? They did. Um, funnily enough, I think the worst they got was there was a, a small period where I moved back because I moved overseas for a few years. And so when I came back home, I moved back in with my parents while I was sort of finding accommodation and everything like that. And I'll get into that later, but I think it really amped up funnily enough when I was an adult, but yeah, the older I got and there was a period of time when I was in my teenage years that I moved downstairs into the bottom of the house and I had some really, really extreme experiences that really verified to me that, yeah, something was going on. So like going back to when I was a kid, you know, it was all your typical things of you'd feel like, somebody's there watching you, that really unsettling feeling. I used to sleep with my dog in the bedroom just because I was so terrified about being alone and he'd often wake me up growling at something in the corner of the room. And, you know, he was a he was a pretty level-headed dog, German Shepherd, and, you know, to wake up often and him to be acting like something's there is quite alarming, as well as even the cats. The cats would sometimes, they'd be perfectly asleep on the couch and next minute they would just shoot up like something's like hurt them or attack them. They'd get angry and hiss at nothing and take off. And so even the animals in the house were sort of having these strange experiences. Oh, that's unsettling. Yeah. Yeah, it really is, you know. And then you've got like your typical things of, you know, things will, things will go missing, things will disappear, things will move. You'll be alone in the house and you'll hear, you'll hear a door shut or you'll hear something move around or just a breath in your ear, just those eerie little experiences that just sort of keep going over the years. And there was one experience that I was telling you before that I hadn't really thought about until recently that I went, wait a minute, that was pretty weird. When me and my brother were maybe about, I was maybe about nine or 10, I was still pretty young. My parents had gone out and we were being babysat by my grandmother. And we'd been in that little creepy room under the house for I don't know what reason. And so there's no lighting in the room. So my dad had set up just one of those portable 
floodlights, you know, the, the big bulky sort of sturdy ones that don't particularly get hot. And we'd, we'd left it on when we'd left the room, but we hadn't been out of the room for that long and we hadn't been in the room for that long either. So it wasn't a particularly long amount of time where that light could really heat up. And about maybe five or six metres away from this light was this massive old box of books of my sisters. My sister's, you know, 21 years older than me, massive, huge gap, you know, doesn't live at home, any of that. And somehow, I don't know, I think my brother noticed it or something, somehow we came back into that room and the light had burst and ignited that box of books that was just threatening to burn down the entire house. And, you know, it could just be a coincidence, like a lot of these things could be a strange coincidence, but it's pretty it's pretty weird when you think about it. Like, you know, a light that's been on for maybe 10 minutes somehow has overheated and then sparked up a box of books in this room that's six metres away. Yeah, that's that's weird. Yeah, definitely, definitely strange amongst everything else. So what were some of these more intense encounters that you were talking about that you had during this time while you are growing up in this house? So probably the main event that sort of made me realise, okay, something's definitely going on. Um, when I was about 16 or so, maybe, maybe a bit younger, I decided for some reason that I was going to take the bedroom downstairs because, you know, you've got your own ensuite, you've got a whole bottom level of the house to yourself, you know, teenage years. That's awesome, all that freedom. And it's it wasn't until I'd told this story to a few friends from school that I'd never really spoken about the activity in the house too that, and people that I'd never even had conversations about the paranormal with had suddenly mentioned, oh, yeah, like I always hated for some reason going into this room of your house. So it was late one night and I just had that horrible, horrible feeling like there was just someone there just felt really unsettled so I put on my computer and I put some music on just to try and you know feel like there was a little bit of comfort there sorry about my phone and um just tried to sort of make it make it feel a bit more comfortable so I could just try and sleep and just try and sleep through it so where my bedroom is there's this light switch directly above my bed and my computer's in the corner I remember suddenly now waking up and I remember seeing on the screen of my computer that it was it was around that witching time it was around it was 3:15 or something like that and my music was still playing and then suddenly it just cut out and then suddenly instead of music coming back on it was like this really really loud weird almost water bubbling sound just something really really bizarre and like deafeningly loud and just cut out and then I suddenly noticed that just off to my right in the corner was this giant black mass. And like I s- still covered it in goosebumps thinking about this. And it just had this like, it was, it was black. It was like it was almost sucking in light. And it just had this emanating feeling of just absolute hatred. Just this feeling like whatever this thing was, just this absolute rage and hatred. And I remember being so terrified that, like, I couldn't move. I was trying everything in my head, just screaming at me to try and, you know, turn the light on. The room was lit up enough with the screen of the computer that I could sort of see everything, but I just remember trying to talk myself into getting up out of the bed and getting the hell out of the room. And so I tr- eventually, I feel like it was 20 minutes, probably wasn't even that long. 
I eventually tried to stand up to turn the light switch on and my legs actually buckled. They were shaking that much. Like I've never been this terrified in my life. And I managed to get back up a second time, turn the light on. I wouldn't even turn my back to it. I just backed out of the room. I was not a religious person, muttered a few things about God. I was just so terrified of this thing. Ran upstairs as a 16-year-old, got into bed with my parents and just I refused to go back into that room or downstairs to the house by myself for probably a good like six or seven years after that. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, it just, it terrified me. And now a quick word from our sponsor. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. That It, it absolutely sounds terrifying. I, I have goosebumps on me just from you telling me that. that yeah. I couldn't yeah. imagine what was going through your mind in that, in that situation at that age. Yeah. And that, that was the, that was that moment where I was like, okay, you know, like all these years of just trying to almost ignore what was going on was like, okay, yeah, something's going on. And it's weird because it's almost like then after that moment of being really aware of this, whatever this thing is, things just continued to just constantly amp up over the years. So that was the catalyst for things to get worse. Yep. hundred percent. I think that it's the almost the energy of being aware of it and that fear is what started to really feed it. Did your family also, did their encounters get worse after that or was it just you? Primarily just me. Like everyone else, it's like, you know, they just have the usual things of, like I said, mum and dad currently um, talking about, yeah, you know, you're laying there at night and you hear someone walking up downstairs or you hear someone shutting the doors and all that. But I think from, you know, and this could just be my own thing that I've made up, but I think the fact that fear is really what feeds it and what amplifies it and the fact that my mother's, I think her sort of religious beliefs make her not really afraid of it because she's got that little internal safety net. And then my father, like I said, like he's he grew up in a haunted house and the whole family on that side has strange stories that he's so completely unfazed like he's the kind of guy that goes out with his mates like yeah let's find a yowie like he's (laughs) he's excited about this stuff so I think that their being so blasé doesn't give it as much attention as it gets from me where I've had that experience that now even as an adult now I'm still quite nervous of it you know everything about this kind of leads me to think that this might almost be a demonic thing because 100% because I, that I absolutely agree with you. Yeah, because I mean that everything that you're saying there kind of leads into into those theories that when people encounter something demonic, and not to say that this is something that is a demon, it, I'm just saying this may have a de- demonic quality to it. Because I, I am absolutely no expert when it comes to this, but I've spoken to enough people to kind of have a bit of an idea about different situations, and this definitely sounds like if. If it's getting worse because it's building off your fear and it's not phased by anyone anyone else in that house, that 
that's really, really worrying. Yep. And yeah, that's like, it's funny because as terrified as I was living in this house, all of these experiences have sort of in a way sparked a weird curiosity. And that's just led me down my own path since leaving it into spiritualism and everything like that. But I absolutely agree with you. I do think there's a demonic quality about it. And the main aggressive entity that I've sort of experienced in the house, it's always an older male. So, you know, I get those dreams I had as a kid about the two girls and things like that. And then my mother had the experience of seeing the girl in the kitchen. I don't think they're harmful or malevolent in any way, but I think that this other entity and, you know, I've got my own theories, but they're completely unbased. I do think that, yeah, there's maybe something horrible has gone on in that house. And yeah, I do think it's somewhat demonic. I was thinking maybe something evil even happened on the land with it having such a history in that area. And with you and your brother having those dreams about the girls, I'm wondering if this thing is more attracted to you because you might be a younger female in that house. I wouldn't be surprised. Something else that's just really, really, really weird about this whole area. Um, So that park that I mentioned where my brother's dreams take place and he's described the exact location where his dreams always take place. There's been a number of weird things that have gone on over the years And, like, as recent as about maybe six years ago, I was walking my dog through that park and came across a freshly decapitated black Spanish goat head. What? Like, yep, and it's just, like, it's so weird. It's, like, who – and it it clearly wasn't killed there because it was, like, no mass amounts of blood, there was no body, but it's just bizarre. It's, like, who and why and what's going on. And then, yeah, it's just a really, really – weird weird area maitland (laughs) that sounds like a part of some satanic ritual fully and it's like it's something weird like out of a movie and it's just it's just so bizarre and it's like why and what is it about this area that's just attracting people or something or things like it's it's really weird so you've seen this this let's call it a demonic figure for for the sake of our conversation and things start ramping up. Did mm-hmm. you, you then went up to your parents' bedroom and you said you didn't go back downstairs for like six years. So you said you left the actual country and you came back and you said yep. things got worse then as well. Yep. So um, me and a, I was briefly um, living with a partner for a while and then we both decided to move home with my parents where we found better accommodation. And this is a weird common theme that I started to pick up on that I dated a few guys that had pretty bad pasts, like nothing that's their own fault. They had, you know, history of abuses from fathers or whatever, but it always seems as though anyone that comes into that house that has some kind of deep emotional trauma seems quite easily affected by whatever this thing is. So, you know, it started with, I would wake up and I'd have scratches on me, you know, typical encounters of a demon. I'd have bruises on me that I hadn't done in the middle of the night. There was one night where we were, me and my partner were, we were laying awake in bed and the bedroom we were in is directly above that weird, creepy little room. And we hadn't even fallen asleep and we're both having a conversation saying, do you hear that? And from directly underneath the floor, 
it sounds like something big and metal is being dragged and you can feel it vibrating through the floor of the room like oh wow and there's there's no one there's no one down there you know it's like it's like what is that why is it we're both hearing something being dragged through this room um the creepiest things where they really started to sort of amp up and this has happened I had one really bad encounter with one guy which is the one I'm talking about now where we were listening to this sound where we were just having a normal conversation there was no no heat no argument nothing we hadn't been drinking just a normal conversation and then suddenly he his eyes rolled up in the back of his head my first thought was oh my god he's having a seizure even though he's got no history of having seizures he has no history of anything except for you know a bit of emotional abuse in his past and he starts making the most terrifying the only way I can explain it is like almost like not really like pig squeals, but pig animalistic growling, grunting noises. And he grabs onto the table that's next to him and like pushes everything off. His eyes are still rolled up in the back of his head. It's like he's trying to sort of fight something out of his body. I'm terrified. It's full just like one of those creepy things you'd see in a movie. And for some reason, I remember reading in some old book somewhere of something about because you know sort of already started going down the path of trying to deal with these things and what to do that they'd said ring a bell and I happened to have a bell in my bedroom I collect bells so I rang a bell and it snapped him out of it and he kept going talking back where he'd stopped in the sentence and completely unaware and I'm like oh my god like how are you not aware of what's just happened the room is the room's partially trashed and it, I said something, I don't remember what I said now, but it was almost a, a like an almost challenging or something to it and he just snapped back into it again. And so You're again, kidding. like, and yeah, and so he, he snapped back into it, eyes rolled back in the back of his head again, making all these noises, rang the bell again, snapped him back out. But then the weirdest thing, and it still bothers me that I can't find it, is the bell that I used that sort of snapped him out of it, it went missing after that. I searched the room up and down when I moved out of the house. I still kept an eye out for it. Like the bell just completely disappeared, but it was just a full coat, like full blown case of possession. It was just absolutely terrifying. That is absolutely terrifying. What was his <laughs> reaction to this? Was he, was he scared out of his mind after you told him what happened? It was, it, it was weird. It was sort of, he was just so unaware anything had happened and that was sort of the unsettling thing is like he was just and you know then he looks around the room and he's like you know well oh my god like you know like everything's everywhere like he's knocked everything off the desk in this like fit of trying to fight something so he believes me but yeah he's just there's nothing in there in his mind that remembers it which is so bizarre what was going through your mind while this was all happening Oh my god! <laughs> what 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 do I do? <laughs> like it's it's just one of those things where when I'd moved back into the house, I'd sort of just hoped that it was sort of a oh well, you know that's done and dusted. And you always hear that theory about you know things are worse when there's a teenager involved in a house. You know you've got poltergeist activity, and you know now when I'd moved back, I was I don't know in my early to mid 20s so I sort of thought everything would have calmed down but instead the opposite happened 
Did you ever have any of these weird, weird occurrences follow you? Or was it only ever in that house? <laughs> um, like I said, um, I almost wonder if, if my family is haunted. So um, one of the houses that I've, I've just recently moved out of, funnily enough, um, the owner used to be a Australian artist and she actually, I found out from the neighbour who had lived there for 70-odd years and I thought maybe she was just making it up or whatever. Um, but I found, I dug up the obituary and found out it was actually true that she'd actually killed herself in the bathtub in that house. Oh, wow. The house that we've just moved into, which is so ironic, I was just looking at a map the other day of the, the area and there's a creek that runs across the property called Dead Man's Creek and I was like, oh, you know, that's a bit of a just an ironic coincidence and I looked into it and it turns out that there was a man actually murdered and pretty much beheaded on the property and robbed, which is why the creek has that name. But, I mean, I've always just – it seems like, yeah, every house I go to has some sort of horrible past for some weird reason and then, yeah, we have had strange encounters in certain houses where, again, other members of the family or whoever I'm living with have experienced it too. Like um, one of the houses I was overseas at the time – and so we had friends house sitting and she mentioned she never really felt quite comfortable in this house in particular. And one day she was standing at the window and the window just slammed shut. And it was a window that it was a really, really old house. It was almost impossible to just easily slam or shut that window in general. You really had to sort of force it down. So there's, there's just, yeah, always weird stuff following me around, I swear. It definitely sounds like something is... It's either you're very sensitive or something may be attached to you because for you to go back to that house and to have those almost instant reactions to to what is in there, I don't know. I, I don't I don't like I said, I'm no expert on this, but that kind of makes me go, Well, is it is it you and not the house? I wonder that, but then I mean my parents are still there and they're still having experiences. So I definitely think that there's something in this house in particular. And we moved away at one point and rented out the house when I was quite young. And I know my parents mentioned that the people that were renting the house were constantly complaining to them about weird things happening that they just couldn't explain and driving my parents crazy. And I've always wondered if that was whatever it was going on. Like they'd say strange things like there must be like rats in the house and they're like, you know, eating through the canned goods or strange things or hearing like bangs in the walls and the roof and just strange stuff that, you know, it's like, well, we knew we didn't have rats and all those sorts of stuff. So I'd always sort of wondered if their constant complaints were maybe this thing also affecting them. Yeah, it very well could be because one of the, one of the questions I do have for you there, Sarah, is because you said that the, the grounds that this happened on there's there's quite a lot of history around it um there's a lot of bad juju is what i would say do you know if any of the other houses around that one experience anything like you did i don't know but um there one of the houses that is the next house over um there was one event where me and my dad had just come back from sydney again i was quite young and We'd gotten back really late at night and we were staring out the back window and our elderly neighbour who owned the house next door had died about a year before and suddenly we see her walking across our 
backyard in like a white gown and you know we're both sitting there staring at it so I don't know if it's something about the area or what but I, I wouldn't be surprised I haven't chatted to all the neighbors I mean like hey have you got weird shit going on too or is it just me or <laughs> yeah it's uh it's one of those weird conversations not like oh I kicked the footy over into your backyard by the way do you have a ghost as well because ours <laughs> is really bad <laughs> yeah exactly it's um I'm actually this Friday going to have a chat with a friend's mother so his mum is a psychic who's worked for the police a few times in helping locate bodies and I almost want to do my own little guinea pig experiment with her where I'm purposely not telling her anything about the house or any of my experiences but I want to take her there enter that area across from it and see what she what she picks up that would be amazing if you could do that because you now have to do that and you now have to report back to the podcast because i need to know (laughs) i I definitely will um yeah i'm i'm so curious and i'm yeah i'm purposely trying to not tell her a single thing i don't want to influence her or anything like that so hopefully she doesn't find this podcast somehow but yeah it'll be interesting to see what she finds yeah that really would be because i'm i'm always so intrigued by psychics because they just seem to just get this information that no one else really is able to get because you, you can go and say people do cold readings and kind of pull a little bit of information out. But to to go to a location where there is no information and, and kind of extract that, that's always fascinating to me. So I will be super, super interested to see what she can find. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty curious about it. And the fact that she's got, a hundred percent success rate of working with the police, finding bodies like really? that just wow. absolutely intrigues me. It's like, how can you know that unless you're the murderer or whatever? So I'll be, I'll be, yeah, I'll definitely have to report back to you. Yeah, that's incredible. That's that's fantastic. So, so Sarah, do you ever go back to your mum and dad's place, or do you just meet them somewhere close for coffee now? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely go back. Um, you know, I sort of I visit pretty often. I'm, I'm never sort of staying overnight or anything like that. And I'm, I'm trying to, in, it's funny because like, I'm so fascinated by the paranormal and I'm so fascinated by ghosts and all of that and always keen to like go on ghost tours. And, you know, I've constantly got friends that I'm like, you know, begging, like, you know, let's go, let's go investigate something. Let's see what we get and all that sort of thing, wanting to buy a spirit box. And none of that phases me. I'm so absolutely curious about it, but it's, just I think because I've got this this history with this house in particular that whatever that thing is is still just I can't help it but be unsettled by it. Have you ever thought of doing your own type of investigation on that house? And I know that might sound like a really silly question because you lived in that house and you absolutely know what's going on there, but more so to to try get some some tangible evidence, something where you can like actually look at it and investigate it after the fact that it's happened. <laughs> I I sort of fought with this for so many years when I was living there. Like I really wanted to set up a EVP recorder in that bottom room and see what came out. But the other part of me was sort of almost terrified to sort of see what would happen. Yeah. Um, like all my experiences have led me into testing different things to see when I was living there what what sort of what sort of stops it or if I could try and move the energy on or anything like that. Like I found I started with my bedroom putting um, salt, sprinkling salt across my the top of my bedroom door frame 
and I found the room, uh, different Nordic runes, sort of having them burnt into pieces of wood and having them up sort of helped stop things coming into my room just so I could get some sleep at night, which it was interesting because it was an incident where the the rune that I had set up above my doorway had fallen off and my partner at the time had just left, gone out for the day. It was still like 8 o'clock in the morning, sun's up, perfectly awake, and I hadn't realised that this rune had sort of fallen off the door and I'm, I'm laying in bed still, absolutely awake, and suddenly I see this black silhouette of a man walk through the door. He shut the door behind him and then crawled onto the bed and crawled onto my chest and slowly just had this experience of almost paralysis. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah, it's it's weird that having these experiences sort of led me down my own path of going, okay, well, what can I do to sort of try and stop it? What can I do that works to just try and minimalize it? But I'd always thought about doing investigations when I was there and I kind of didn't want to know the answers, but that's sort of why now I'm looking to bring my friend's mother into it just to see if she picks up on any of the things that I've picked up on and maybe that'll give some credibility. And then if she does, then I think that's when I'll be like, okay, I'm going to really sit down and investigate this. But I'm also partially wary that because my parents still live there, what if this makes it worse for them, you know? Yeah, of course. Of course. I completely understand that because, I mean, if it was someone else you didn't know, why worry about it then, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm almost sort of like, you know, sell the house so I can just do it real quick before you pass it on. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sarah, it has been absolutely terrifying talking to you, if I'm being honest. I um, <laughs> I don't know how you, you lived in that house for 17 years. I would have gone and pitched a tent in the backyard or gone lived with grandma or something like that because <laughs> to to go through that long and to actually go back there and and continue living there when you're a little bit older and going through those absolutely terrifying experiences is uh an absolute testament to yourself because i can guarantee you a lot of people would not would not have the balls to go back and and live through all that again yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm a bit concerned as to why it's made me, if anything, more interested in the paranormal and I feel like I should probably just have PTSD and be avoiding this topic altogether. <laughs> <laughs> not at all, not at all. I think you're I think you're doing the right thing, you know. The the best thing you can do is probably educate yourself and uh you're you're actually doing that because you, you have your own podcast yourself, don't you? I do. Um me and a friend run a podcast called The Garden of Ink and Bone. It is a podcast based on herbalism and traditional witchcraft so all these experiences that i've had in this house is sort of what's led me to exploring this path to see what works and what doesn't work and that's yeah sort of sent me on my own way down there and what we'll do is we'll um we'll include all the links to that so people if they want to go check that out and hopefully you know you've got some uh, some more of your own personal encounters on there people can go check that out and have a listen yeah awesome thanks for that And that's going to do it for tonight. And remember, if you have had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook and that's facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. Until next time, stay safe. And you've been listening to Believe Australian Paranormal and UFO Radio.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.